Hey, this is Gengar Greasy, and you're listening to the Poke Tower Podcast. Hello, welcome to episode 125 of the Poke Tower Podcast. I'm your host, Gengar Greasy. If you're new here, this is a collectibles and trading cards podcast. We talk about Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Dragon Ball, Digimon, sports cards, Marvel, video games, anything collectible that we like uh, and we have interest in, we talk about it here. <clears throat> uh, news. Box break last week was nuts. Um, the Don Russ 2022 football sold out and we had some insane hits actually. Uh, our Discord mod, Chase, he participated and he got a Joe Burrow night moves insert, which is like a case hit. Um, it's like a couple hundred dollar card. Um, so that was big. We pulled, I pulled the auto. It was crazy. So I got the last pack of the entire box, ended up pulling the auto. Um, we got some, uh, we, I think we have three or four serial numbered cards. Really good, really good box. It was actually a, a very good box. And I was surprised of the turnout on that box. So maybe for the future, we do some more sports. I don't know. You guys let me know. Um, but that was great. It was really fun. So hopefully everyone had a good weekend. And uh, we're getting this week started. Wake up. If you're listening to us in the morning. <clears throat> we got a lot of stuff to talk about today, like we always do. Uh, but it should be shorter because there's actually less segments today. Um, we did a lot on Digimon last week. I don't want to talk about Digimon this week. So, you know, little stuff like that. It's going to save some time. Uh, but you should be able to get the same amount of information. All right, here we go. I think I'm... I don't, I don't remember if I have anything else to say. Okay, I guess not. So here we go. Let's move on to our first segment of the day. TCG Battle Royale. Here we go. All right, TCG Battle Royale. We're ranking our... Booster sets uh, from Yu-Gi-Oh, Dragon Ball, Digimon, and Pokemon, ranking them one to four. Uh, it's kind of a weird. This is kind of a weird in-between week. Um, so here we go. Number one, I am sticking with Fighter's Ambition. When you you'll see why once we see the rest of these sets. Uh, kind of surprising week, but oldest set here. The oldest set in the bunch is Fighter's Ambition. Case price is still eleven hundred bucks, so it's just holding there. Um, we're talking. That's you know. Almost a, a hundred bucks a box, which again, that's the box prices right here for the individual boxes are ninety six ninety, so ninety seven dollars for a single box. That's insane for an old set. Um, and the Gohan card secret rare continues to just do its thing. It's hovering around three fifteen right now. I want to say the Evil Saiyan card is around one seventy five, and Cell is around ninety something. Again, the top four cards in the set, uh, $607.78. Uh, the only negative, though, was the, the biggest negative. I know you see all red here on the screen, um, but the, the biggest drop was the cards that break the $15 price point. There's only 15 of them. or I'm sorry, there's only eight of them. Um, so only eight this week compared to last week. I think we had double digits. Um, that's a little troubling. You want to see those Gohan SGRs go up more in value, which some of them are, but some of them aren't. So that's kind of kind of sketched there. Um, but when you compare it to the rest of the stuff that's, that's going on this week, uh, I still think it's a solid buy. 
Um, and that Gohan continues to show you why, you know, that that's a pretty collectible card. It's, it's not very, it's not losing very much value at all. Here we go. Number two, going with Digimon dimensional phase. Uh, yeah, it's taken number two and, and, and for good reason, not because the prices are skyrocketing and people are talking about it, but I, I think it's pretty darn cheap, specifically the old force Vigimon. Remember I said it uh, the last few weeks, I said, if I had to pick a gold card, it would be old force Vigimon. You can find those on TCG Player right now for 90, 90 bucks, 90 to $99. You go on eBay, people want $140, $150. TCG Player's got them for $99, bucks, like just under $100. Bucks. Great time to buy them. Seeing that he, de he debuted at around $150. So prices are down on him. Um, the Mastamon is up, uh, is up quite a bit. And then the Machine Dramon's in the middle. Um, but I would go All Force Vigramon in terms of collectability and fan favorites. Um, but with any of these golds, you can't go wrong, right? Like, think about how hard those are to pull. Those are those are really hard to pull. Um, so for the All Force Vigramon to be ninety bucks, that's basically that's like the price of a box. I mean, check this out. You got case prices at eight ninety five. That's up. Box price is at seventy nine ninety four. So you you spend an extra twenty bucks, you lock in the gold rare. I would just do that. That's that's why it's number two this week because it's like, man, this that one makes sense. Um, top four cards in the set come out to six twenty two ninety seven, which is which is down from last week. Um, and there are fifteen cards in the set that break the fifteen dollar price point, but that's the same as last week, so no changes there. But it overtook the n Pokemon uh, Crown Zenith at number three because this just keeps dropping. So. Pokemon has dropped, and, you know, how do I say this? Digimon dropped as well. So you're like, well, why did you rank it higher? Well, because I think Digimon has the, actually the more rare, quote-unquote, more rare, more collectible cards, right? So, like, look at, look at our top three so far. I would say that the Gohan secret rare and any of the gold rares are harder to pull than the chase cards for Pokemon. I would say that. I would say that I think they're they're inserted a little bit more or less like like that Gohan is if you get a secret rare it's a case hit but then you have three different secret rares you could pull anyways. So technically you would need three cases just to if you were like at perfect odds, you would need three cases just to get the Gohan. But that's not to say that you don't end up getting a different secret rare, you know what I mean? So there's that going for it. You look at Digimon, we don't know the exact pull rates, but we know that there are similar rarities to what the Omnimon and Alphamon has done. So I'm thinking they're just a tier underneath that. Um, huge, huge. You're not seeing a lot for sale. You can get the Old Force Vigramon. So I, I think you're just getting a better, a more rare card. So obviously, if you're a Pokemon fan, you're not going to buy Digimon. You're not going to buy Dragon Ball. I get it. But if you collect all three, what I'm saying is the more rare cards, the ones that are more expensive and harder to pull, are in the top two. You come down to Pokemon at number three. You got Giratina. You got Arceus. I mean, even TCG players said Arceus is the hardest card to pull based on their stats, and his price is still down. So no one's buying it, right? Uh, you got Mewtwo there, which I think is the best of the bunch. Uh, case prices for Pokemon are at six fifty-two. Box prices down to fifty-five sixty-eight. Top four cards in the set three sixty forty-nine. And there are 18 cards in the set that break the $15 price point, which is down from last week. I think they had 20-something cards last week. Um, I don't think it's quite time to buy, quite 
time to buy Pokemon yet. I think they're going to keep dropping. I think you see Giratina fall into the low 100s, maybe 90s. I think you see Arceus fall into the 60s, 70s. I think you see uh, Mewtwo falling into the 60s, 70s. Um, and this could be six weeks from now. This could be eight weeks from now. But I think there are better buying opportunities ahead. Um, now, the guys that pulled these cards recently are going to want their money. But I'm talking about, think about the guys who buy, who buy packs after the hype has calmed down. And they want to open them. And they pull these cards, right? Those are the guys that are going to be selling at cheaper prices. So you can wait. What I'm saying is... I don't think that these cards are as rare as the top two, and I think you can wait because their prices just keep dropping. Whereas Digimon, this might be a quick turn where, you know, that All Force Vigimon tapped at 90 bucks and goes right back up. That's a, that's a possibility. You look at Gohan, it hasn't dropped from 300 at all. So, like, you talk about something that's been better to buy, it would be those because they're sustaining value. Now, the Digimon's down in value, but... I, I have a feeling those are more rare, harder to pull than what Pokemon's putting out. So we'll see in the coming weeks. You know, Digimon takes a quick number two. I don't, I don't know if it'll take number one. Something crazy is going to have to happen for me to think that. But you kind of see what I'm saying here? In terms of like, if we could actually see, you know, what cards are more rare, I would say that the top two today, you know, Dragon Ball and Digimon. Bandai is notorious for doing that. Bandai is notorious for making cards harder to pull than than po Pokemon Company, but Pokemon Company also makes large sets. You know, they put two hundred sixty something cards in the set, so of course it's harder to pull. But when you when you put that to scale, I think there's higher rarity in the top two cards here. Okay, number four, Photon Hypernova for Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh is getting another set here pretty soon. Um, it's a Maze of Memories, so that'll be inserted into the Battle Royale. And I'm excited for that one. We'll talk about it later tonight. Um, but case prices for Photon Hypernova, you can still find one for $5.99. Box prices are down to $76.98, which is still not bad for a Starlight set. It's kind of normal. Um, and then top four cards in the set are actually up to $1,002. So that you get four Starlights for $1,000. Um, that's not bad, considering you can get a case for $600 and you may not get one at all. So you get four Starlights in one shot. Uh, and there are 10 cards in the set that break the $15 price point. So that is up from last week. Not significant enough to move it up another spot in the Battle Royale. Here we go. Dragon Ball takes number one this week. Digimon number two. Pokemon Crown Zenith number three. Yu-Gi-Oh! number four. All right. Moving on to Pokemon this week. Here we go. Who's that Pokemon? All right. So we got some news today uh, on the 7th. Yeah, on the 7th. Um... Paldean, Paldean secret rares are going to be released in um, this new set uh, in Japan called Trip, Triplet Beat. That's the, uh, the the name of this set in Japan. Ours will have a different name. Um, these won't be released in Scarlet Violet, Violet EX probably sometime after. Uh, but here you go. We got Meowskarata EX, Skeledurge, Skeledurge EX, Quackable EX. Secret rares revealed from Triplet Beat. All right. The ultra rare, illusion rare, and special illusion rare versions of the Meowskarata, Skeledurge, and Quackable lines have been revealed from SV1A. Triplet Beat. This set releases in Japan this Friday, March 10th. Oh, wow. Cards from this set will most likely become part of our Paldea Evolved 
releasing on June 9th. So expect to see these summertime, start of summertime, okay? The rest of the secret rares will be revealed over the coming days, so stay tuned. So we're going to have more here coming within a few weeks, but uh, they, they did release... Get these stupid ads out of the way. Uh, they did release the starters. So you got... Oh my gosh. Here we go. <clears throat> you got Meow Scarada. You got the Dirge. Uh, I'm not too much of a fan. I think Skeledurge is the coolest starter of them all, but I don't like this artwork. Um, He's too small. He's like... I mean, he's taking up 10% of the card. Whereas, like, you look at the... Go back. I mean, I know they're telling stories, right? This trainer is taking his Pokemon shopping. I get that. But you look at the Mouscarada. I mean, that that takes up 30% of the card. It's it, it, To me, that is what a full art is, right? You want the character taking up the full picture of the card. Just me. Um, you look at the Quacks here. Again... Better better artwork than than the Skeledirge. They kind of did them dirty there. Uh, I know these are trying to tell stories. That's, that's cute and all, but I'm just not a fan of that. Um, but again, I, I think I also think that these special illusion rares, art rares, all that stuff is like, that's the standard now for Pokemon. You can't go back. Uh, you have to do that to compete. Here's a, here's a look at some other cards here. It looks like uh, some EX cards. They look pretty nice. They, they basically took on the full art V look and they just slapped on ex on there <laughs> i mean that's that there's the there's the actual exs right there so not bad they look good you know i'm 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 excited for scarlet violet ex i can tell you that you know because when you look at the the video game sales like scarlet violet surpassed what sword and shield did and when sword and shield released it was big and i think that's also why sword and shield did so well Prior to 2020, because remember, Sword and Shield was, came out prior to 2020, um, before COVID and stuff. So like, just it came out right before that. So it that's kind of kind of skewed. Um, but the success of that game is what brought so many people back into it. You know, just like Pokemon Go, when Pokemon Go dropped, you saw a spike in interest in everything Pokemon. Sword and Shield comes out, same thing, small spike in interest. Scarlet Violet comes out, another spike in interest, and I think. I think Pokemon realized what they were doing was not going to cut it long term. So I think they're changing it up with Scarlet Violet. I think it's gonna be a rebirth of kind of like, you know, we're the top dogs here. And 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 they're doing that with these new illustration rares and special illustration rares, all that stuff. That's it for Pokemon this week. Um we should we should have a an update on whether or not I'll be getting Scarlet Violet EX in. Um, I might do some opening videos, things like that. But uh, I'm excited. Hopefully hopefully we get something soon. And uh, these look great. These look great. I have no complaints. I The only complaint is, you know, could we make the characters a little bigger on there? Like, Meowskarat is the best one in, in terms of the artwork. Okay. Enough. Enough ranting. Moving on to Yu-Gi-Oh! this week. Here we go. All right, so in Yu-Gi-Oh! this week, we got Maze of Memories. That's a new set uh, that is coming out for Yu-Gi-Oh! on March 10th. Is that That's on Friday. It's on Friday. Now, at first glance, you might not think, eh, I don't know, you know, no, I'm not, not feeling it. But I went and looked at some of this stuff, and I was like, oh, man. There's some secrets they're keeping from us, and it might be, might be big. 
So check this out. Maze of Memories. This comes out March 10th. There are 67 cards in the set. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of Toon Chaos. Very small set, right? But here we go. Maze of Memories is packed with cards that open the gates to Yu-Gi-Oh's history. That's big. Remember Toon Chaos? You can relive the advent of Yugi's first ritual monster with Black Luster Soldier Legendary Swordsman. Get back to class with the Dual Academy Field spell or rev it up with Axel Synchro Stardust Dragon. Every good labyrinth needs a guardian. Now this was nuts. Uh, Maze of Memories is defended by New World Premier cards that revitalize the Paradox Brothers' iconic Gate Guardian. He's in here. Not only that, but you have Kazujin, Sujin, and Sangha. And any way you like to special summon the brand new fusion monsters. In order to make Maze of Memories truly amazing, it also includes memorable tournament level cards from the past, as well as modern day mainstays. You'll have another chance to smash the competition with one of the most powerful synchro monsters around, Baron de Fleur. If you don't know who Baron de Fleur is, he's from LED 8 um, Synchro Storm. That's like $70 to $100 card. It's an ultra rare. Um, I have pulled a few myself. I, I sold all mine because I don't need them. Uh, but that's a, that's a big card for players. They really like that one. Um, so here, each, each booster contains uh, seven cards, one foil card per pack, and six rare per pack. So this is our normal collector rare set. But check this out. 15 cards are also available in the collector's rare. When I did some research on this, this is what I'm getting at. When I did some research on this, they only had like six or seven collector rares released. And I was like, hmm, the rest are a mystery. And out of those six or seven that we did see, there was not a Gate Guardian collector rare. There was not a Black Luster Soldier collector rare. And I was like, hmm, that's odd. They just have them as ultras right now. There's no... But there's still nine more collector rares they haven't really revealed. Um, I have a feeling we get Baron de Fleur, Black Luster Soldier, and Gate Guardian in collector rares. And if they do that, big. That is huge. That'll be big for Yu-Gi-Oh! And this will be some collector rares I will probably put some money into because those are great characters. Uh, I, I could care less about Baron. Right? That's, more, that's more playability for me. But Gate Guardian, Black Luster Soldier, I'm in. I'm in. I love the originals. I would love to get a reprint in a collector rare. Um, man. Yeah, I was about I was gonna overlook this set. I was like, there's really nothing there. You know, and then uh, I saw the black luster. I was like, okay, he's an ultra rare. But then when I looked through the set list and they didn't have the rest of the ultra rares listed, I was like, dude, if they make Black Luster Soldier in a collector rare, it's gonna be like the first time with Toon Chaos, which is what I was alluding to. Toon Chaos, Black Luster Soldier, Envoy of the Beginning. That is the top-selling, most sought-after collector rare there is right now. It's also the first. He's, he's like the, he's, he's the head honcho. Uh, you throw in a Gate Guardian, and then you do Black Luster Soldier, Legendary Swordsman. Now we're, now we're, we're throwing in some collector rares that people want. And uh, that could make Maze of Memories a great, first of all, fun set. You know, only 67 cards. You got, you got a chance of getting the cards you want. Um, but this would be a great collector rare set that is much better than Tactical Masters, Amazing Defenders, right? It's going to pass all that stuff up. It's just, this is going to be up there with Toon Chaos if they have those cards in there. So we'll have to wait to see what happens. But uh, man, it, it looks good. All right. That's it for Yu-Gi-Oh! this week. Moving on to Dragon Ball. Here we go.
All right, Dragon Ball this week. Uh, we got a new set called Power Absorbed. I, we talked about this briefly, um, but no, I'm looking up a release date. Hold on. Okay. Um, we talked about it briefly, but obviously Fighter's Ambition has been, you know, doing so well. Um, and then this isn't a collector rare set, so it could it could get overshadowed. But look at Fighter's Ambition. Did perfectly fine, right? Uh, without having the um, God Rare. My bad. God Rare, not collector rare. Wow. Sorry about that. We're talking about God Rares now. Anyways, <clears throat> Power Absorbed is coming out on March 17th. Now, what has me excited about this set is I took a look at the checklist, and much like Maze of Memories, there is a lot to be excited about. And it's not just the secret rares. So like with Maze of Memories, you know, you're going to have that. If you get that Black Luster Soldier Collector Rare, if they make that, that's big. Uh, but Power Absorbed, has a lot of potential in the special rare alternate art categories. Um, and this is something new that I haven't seen Dragon Ball do before. So I'm very excited for, for Power Absorbed. And what I did today is I gave you my top 10 picks for special, for my top 10 picks for collectors. If you're a collector buying Dragon Ball, these are my top 10 picks. Before the set comes out, we'll see how my choices go. But if I could pick today and just pick out the cards, these are the ones I would pick. Here we go. We're going to start with number 10 this week. Android 18, Energy Wave. This is a special rare. Um, I'm not a huge Android person, but from a collector standpoint, this is one of the better Android 18 cards. I mean, look, it's just a classic Android 18 look. Nothing too fancy. And if you're in the graded card market, you know Android 18 does pretty well. Um, so that that would be number 10. Not my favorite pick, but it's it's up there, and you'll see why, you know, there's so much stuff ahead of here. We got number nine. Check this out. So this is Universe 7 uh, Powers powers Combined. So this is a shot from Dragon Ball Super, the anime, right? You have Frieza, 17, Goku, Vegeta, Gohan. They're all firing at the same time, Powers Combined. This is also a special rare. So these are going to be cards that are, you know, they're going to be from anywhere from probably like 3 bucks to like 15 bucks, right? Dragon Ball in general, if it's not playable, it's pretty cheap. But it's great for collectors because you can get special rares, which usually you only get. You might get four to six special rares in a case. That's that's pretty darn rare if you ask me. Uh, you get one box, you might get one SPR. And they usually have like 20 SPRs, so you, your chances are low. These things are they're pretty rare. Now, whether or not they're sought after, I don't know. But Dragon Ball, again, a lot of collectors are going to go after artwork and top characters. So you got you to gotta use the commandments here, right? Character, artwork, rarity, the set that it comes in, um, and then no story, no glory. And so far, the first two I've shared, they check all that, right? May not be the most expensive cards, but uh, I think they are great cards to be looking for. Here's number eight. That's right, Kid Boo. You got Majin Boo. Uh, I can barely read what that says. It's just something onslaught. Um, again, another special rare. And this is a this is a classic Majin Buu look. Um, it's got it. It's got everything you need. I bet you you can find this. You know, you're probably gonna be able to get this for for less than twenty bucks. PSA grades fifteen bucks, thirty five dollars in. You got a high gem mint rate. It's a great. These are great cards to have. And they the the character selection is legit on this set. We're going to number seven. 
Super Saiyan Goku. This is also a special rare. Um, I can barely read the, the gold on this. <laughs> Super Saiyan Sun Goku something something. I can't read it. The gold is too small on my screen. Uh, but anyways, another special rare. So these are all SPR so far. Sorry, my eyes, my eyes are jacked up right now. But again, like, like, look at this. It's just a, and you gotta, you gotta imagine what these look like in hand. We know the special rares don't look too hot on scans. None of the Dragon Ball cards look too hot on scans, but remember the depth and the texture, right? That, that third dimension that you get when you look at these cards. Um, classic character, classic artwork. I mean, this is great. This is, this isn't too fancy. It's just, just solid. That's all it is. Just solid. <clears throat> 10, 8, 7, 6. Okay, here's a... Wait, no, this is a 10, 9, 8, 7. Number 6. Check this out. This is a secret rare. So this is Golden Cooler. Radiant Pride, I think that's what it says. This is a secret rare. So this card's probably going to be in the, you know, 70 to $150 price range. Um, but but wait, there's more. Well, you will see tonight. Um, and... I was surprised when I saw this. But first of all, the idea of Golden Cooler is sick. They actually need to do that. So the, off, the, off the prospect of even making a Golden Cooler, I was, like, I was high on it. I was like, no. If that happens and they put that dude in a movie, that's going to be big. But he also looks sick. I mean, look at it. It's a secret rare. Look at that. That looks awesome. <laughs> Moving on. We got the number five spot. Super Saiyan 3 Goku. So this is just an epic shot. Special rare, right? Nothing, nothing too fancy. Not going to be hard to get. You'll be able to find this on TCG Player for probably like under, I bet you under $25. Um, look at that. Solid special rare. Super Saiyan 3 Goku. We don't get a lot of those. Perfect. Number four. And you're probably thinking like, wow. I mean, you look at this. This is loaded. Like, look at this this bottom five right here. You got ten to ten to six right here. Then you got this at the fifth spot. It's like, what else could there be out there that's that's better than this? Check it out. Number four. Super Saiyan Vegito. We haven't had a lot of these, right? But this is a Vegito special rare. Again, I like Vegito. I like Gogeta more. However, we don't get a lot of Vegito. And when you do, you don't get them in the right rarity, right? So the the only the biggest Vegito card you can get is gonna be, you know, Super Saiyan Blue Vegito, the secret rare. Um from the 2017 set. Oh my gosh. Um Union Force. But since then you haven't got much, right? You don't get a lot of Vegito. So this could be a potential like ten to fifteen dollar card. You grade it for fifteen bucks, you're thirty dollars in, and he could be one of those sixty, seventy dollar PSA tens. Like that's just that's where he is. Could be more, you know what I mean? But that's W's all day. Looking at the number three spot. Now it's getting crazy. Check this out. Another secret rare. This says you are number one. This is a Vegeta secret rare. So this is the scene from the Boo Saga when Vegeta realizes Goku is better than him. Um, and he, you know, basically just admits you're number one. He's proud, right? Secret rare. Now remember, we covered the <laughs> we covered the cooler secret rare. We covered the Vegeta secret rare. Remember, Dragon Ball usually does three secret rares a set, right? So you're like, okay, wait, but there's two more spots left. How is that possible? 
This is where I got really excited. This right here is Golden Cooler again, but it's the Secret Rare Alternate Art. That's going to be big. And look how nice that looks. I can imagine this card is going to be covered in gold. Um, and just Cooler looks menacing. So <laughs> I don't have anything bad to say. Like, I think that's going to be a big one. Uh, and then, you know, how, how often do we get Dragon Ball Secret Rare Alternate Arts? This is huge. So there's, we've already covered three Secret Rares, right? You have the Cooler, the regular art. You have the Vegeta, the regular art. You have Cooler Alternate Art. What else could be out there? Here you go, number one. It's another version of the UR number one. So it's, it's the Vegeta card. But with Super Saiyan 3 Goku in the back, it's a secret rare alternate art. That thing's going to be big. It's got to be. That's an epic scene. Um, I can't believe it. I mean, those are awesome looking cards. You know, and the, the whole secret rare alternate art thing was brilliant. Brilliant. Because I was thinking, you know, there's such a big jump between secret rare and God rare. It's like how, where's, what's in between there? There's nothing. And then now you do secret rare alternate art. Now you're in there, you're in there with Digimon. You're in there with Pokemon who do the same exact thing. And not only that, but you have the God rare. So you're just leveling the playing field. You're adding in a, a higher level of rarity for collectors. Uh, and if you're a player, you just go get the standard secret rare, right? You don't have to spend as much. And then if you want to bling it out, you know, you just get the alternate, but man, you look at this lineup here for, for Power Absorbed, and it tells me it's going to be a solid set. Solid set, which is a great follow-up to Fighter's Ambition. This comes out on March 17th. I'm, I'm pretty excited for this one. All right. That sums it up for Dragon Ball this week. Hopefully, you guys are excited as I am because I think it's legit. Uh, moving on to sports cards. Here we go. That was it. That's a sample. I'm sorry. Okay. Anyways, this is a question we got. Um last week from our discord member jake aka paperclip he says for a future podcast can we talk about jersey cards game worn versus event worn versus player worn versus this piece is fully guaranteed versus not associated with any player or game things like that i think would be very helpful info so this is this is a huge can of worms um i'll try to tackle everything i can today but there's there's so many different variants and also like what jake said here you have to pay attention to what's on the back of your card. So what he's referring to is when you buy patch cards or you buy relics or you buy memorabilia, um, there's usually a guarantee on the back. Panini guarantees this or they don't. They say this is not from any specific event or anything like that. But there are they don't all mean the same thing. Player worn does not mean game worn, right? Event worn does not mean game worn. Uh, this piece is fully guaranteed versus not associated with any player. Like those are all different things. They're not the same thing. So that's what we're going to cover today. Player of worn versus game worn. And then any other variants that I can kind of think of as we go, we'll cover it. So here we go. This comes from rookiecollector.com. I can give you guys a link uh, if you'd like. Just let me know in the discord. Okay. As a newer collector it can be very exciting and even overwhelming to have so many options and different types of cards to collect. One of the more popular types of cards over recent years to be cards that contain player-worn memorabilia. 
Memorabilia can be anything from player-worn jerseys, worn gloves, patches, etc. Right? It could be like a piece of the helmet. Um, it could be a piece of a football, a logo, right? All kinds of different stuff. When a person reads player-worn, it's easy to assume that it means the material was worn during the game. Not true. It's a technicality. However, this is not the case. Game-worn material is what you're looking for. If you want, if you want memorabilia that, is worn, that was worn in the game, player-worn material just means that at some point the player wore it. And this is big because, believe it or not, Panini does stuff like this. So Panini, you know, think about how many patch cards they make. And, you know, part of, a, part of a player's job is to attend signing events and, you know, do these events where they wear memorabilia. Uh, and it could be as simple as the, the jersey just touching them, right? So they could, be, they could just put on a jersey for 15 seconds and technically it's player worn. It's not game worn. They didn't use it in the game. So that's, that's a big part of, you know, how you should assess what cards you're getting. But it doesn't, doesn't make your stuff... If you like what you like, you like it, right? There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But try not to get chopped up or pay more for something that really doesn't rate the value. That's really what it comes down to. Uh, a couple weeks ago, when I bought my first 2019 Panini Score Blaster Box, I pulled this Marcus Mariota player-worn material card from, the Oregon, from Oregon. I was pretty stoked at. Back when I originally collected football cards in the 90s, I'm fairly certain player-worn memorabilia cards didn't exist. So when I opened the Blaster Box and found this card in my... My mind immediately assumed this was worn by Mariota in an Oregon game. That's not even close to being the case. As far as I can tell, this card isn't even limited in any sort of way. There's no serial way, serial that says so. That's another big part, too. You see it a lot with rookie cards. Um, with, with rookie cards, it's impossible for, for you to have a, a game-worn or player-worn uh, jersey because they haven't worn anything yet. Um, and you'll see that a lot with Panini, especially rookie cards. Um, but there's, that, that's to be debated there because it's almost a given like, Hey, he hasn't played yet. So it's still, if you've got a patch, it's still a decent rarity to have, right? Even though it's not connected to the player in any way, it's more of an eye appeal aesthetic type of thing, right? It's, it's the idea. Um, so for rookies, it kind of makes sense. You may not know, but Panini and other card companies will literally have a stack of jerseys or other memorabilia and then have a player put each item on one by one just to be able to call it player worn. So while, so while you may think you're buying a card with memorabilia used in game, you're actually buying a piece of material that may have been worn for 30 to 60 seconds or less. This is very true. Look at the back of your cards and tell me what, what, what you have on yours. Player-worn material is killing the market for game-worn material. Companies like Panini are using player-worn material as a cheap way to mass-produce hits in packs. And that makes sense. You, you, you put on one jersey for 10 seconds, how many patch cards did you make out of that? You could probably make at least a couple hundred. As long as collectors are okay with player-worn material packs, and we will continue to see the game-worn material market dwindle away. Game-worn material costs more to make. It's limited due to how few games the NFL has each year compared to other sports. Having players throw on a stack of jerseys or gloves for 15 to 45 seconds at a time lets these card companies have infinite supply of scarce items. They can pawn off as rare hits in packs that really have no tangible value. It's kind of true. I mean, but, you know, there are fans that say, hey, you know what? If Patrick Mahomes wore it for five seconds, I don't care. He still wore it, you know? So I, I get that part too. Um, but game-worn is a whole nother level. 
um, something you'll see too with like uh, with UFC cards, right? Um, with UFC, you they actually specify which event it can be from. So like they could say this event or this relic, th- this uh, like with UFC, they do a lot of pieces of the canvas. You get a piece of the ground, you know, they they fought on, or you get a piece of the shorts, you know, something like that. Uh, but it'll say that this this specific memorabilia patch is from UFC 185, right? And and it's like, oh, cool. Well, that's the same fight that this card was on. So that's sweet. That's that is the same day, same event thing to it. Then there's other things to say, hey, this is not connected to you know to to UFC something at all. It's just it is what it is. Um. So here we go. Let's keep going here. Uh, did the player in the in the card even wear the memorabilia? Another huge thing worth mentioning is that it's very possible that player-worn material wasn't even worn from the player in the card. All the card says on the back is the enclosed player-worn material is guaranteed by Panini America. Again, this is this is huge. Uh, it doesn't say it was worn by a specific player. According to Romo Collector from Blowout Forums, he took apart some of the Tony Romo patch cards and found that the patches actually had Dak Prescott on them. I mean, technically they're not lying, though. Like when they say, hey... The enclosed memorabilia is guaranteed player worn. They're not saying it came from Tony Romo. They're just saying a player wore it. And that's, that's, it's kind of shady. I get that. Um, but it, you know, it doesn't declare whether or not. And the biggest thing is that you'll see, like, you'll see a lot. It's weird because it's super wordy, very, um, the verbiage, very technical. Um, but on like older cards, they actually specify this was worn by the so-and-so on this date. At this time. Um, but now, like on the modern cards, they don't really do that. Um, and this is the example here. Blowout Forms user Golfer Phil mentioned how in the past they used to be way more descriptive. So, yeah, this is what I was talking about. Um, he mentions how it used to be something like cut from a jersey worn by this player in this game on this date against this opponent. Where the team won or lost, right? And then it has a stat. I've seen cards. I probably have a, a few cards like that. But not all my cards are like that. Some of mine are just player worn event worn um you know or they're not associated to anything like i have a lot of rookie rpas right or just patches in general that'll say this this is not associated with any event or game um so y- you got to be careful when you're when you're shopping your stuff especially if you're paying good money now if you're buying something for cheap it's not a big deal right you buy a patch for 10 bucks who cares um but when you're tell you know when you're trying to get some good collectibles pay attention to this stuff Doesn't that? Oh, he's talking about the part where. So when they remember when they used to be descriptive, it used to sound better than than the enclosed player worn material is guaranteed by Panini America. Uh, the way they apparently used to be done, you would know who wore the memorabilia and when and where it came from. It would be nice to see things go back in that direction for sure. They have to. What about the rookies? A common argument I've found in forums for people who support the idea of player worn material is that there's no way to produce game worn NFL stuff from rookies, and this is what I was talking about earlier uh, until they've actually played a game. In my opinion, I think that producing player-worn material cards for NFL rookies is the only time where I would deem it acceptable and worth still possibly collecting. But even then, in that case, I'd rather still pass on the memorabilia unless the patch material really enhances the overall look of the card. Whoever wrote this is spot on. Um, I have I have no gripes about that, and uh, I think I think it's solid. Um, and you know, this is kind of you can you can Google this all kinds of stuff because. I was watching a video, you know, there's all kinds of different stuff, right? Like, 
Um, and, and certain cards are more specific than others. And I think that's the biggest lesson to take away from today's segment is you may not need to know all the differences between player worn, game worn, event worn, you know, guarantees, all this stuff. But the biggest thing is to check the back of the card and see what you're actually buying. Um, yeah. And you know, I'll, I'm going to have to go and look through all my patches and see how many are like that. You know, I'm, I'm willing to bet I'm willing to bet that most of my cards say the enclosed player-worn material is guaranteed by Panini. It's very vague, very vague. So you don't know for sure. Um, but then I would say I would go on to say I have a feeling that cards that are numbered are probably going to be the more legit ones, the ones that aren't numbered. Who knows? Maybe they just had the jersey touch them for a second. You know what I mean? And, uh, it's worn. So. Um, you know, there's a lot to cover here. There's a lot to talk about. And, uh, I, I'm glad we got to bring that up today. Cause I think that's huge. You know, we got a lot of guys buying patches and stuff like that, which is fine. Buy what you want. Cause you like it. But, um, this is also cool to be aware of too. All right. That does it for sports this week. Moving on to the gaming corner. Here we go. All right, Greasy's Gaming Corner. Um, this is something I've been... Man, I'm like... When I tell you I'm like this close, I am like this close to pulling the trigger on collecting these vintage games. Um, and this is probably... My, it might be my favorite Game Boy Advance game. Hands down. Uh, we're talking about Mega Man Battle Network. Specifically, 1, 2, 3, 4. I would say Mega Man 1 through 4 are my favorites. Uh, I didn't. I don't think I played five, and if I did, I never completed it. Uh, but Mega Man, I want to say Mega Man three and Mega Man four were huge. I got hours on those games, and it is one of the most like fun, stimulate. Okay, so check this out. If you guys have been liking the Pokemon battles that we've been doing in the Discord, the Pokemon Scarlet Violet, Mega Man is like that, but on another level. It's so fun. Um, but I know that with the whole Nintendo subscriber deal, they released a bunch of Game Boy games, and I think Mega Man might be in that. I'm not sure. I got to look. Someone let me know. But wouldn't it be awesome if we could connect online and play each other? I would be all in. I would be all in. Uh, I need to look that up, but I would be all in. These are my favorite. I'm telling you, like, over, over Legacy of Goku, I would say over Pokemon Ruby Sapphire. Over Fire Red Leaf Green. This was my jam. This game is, if you have not played this, do, do Mega Man 3 first and then play Mega Man 4 because I think those are the top Battle Network games. Um, so they're highly collectible, right? You're gonna, you can find a sealed copy for like 300 plus, 400 plus. Then you get into graded and they move into like 700, 800. But we're not talking about that today. Today I wanted to talk about ranking the Mega Man Battle Network games. Uh, and this is not my ranking system, so I just wanted to read through it and see what they thought. Um, but I can tell you right now, this, man, you talk about something that, that I think about often that I haven't bought yet, but is always on my mind, is the Mega Man games. And I want them sealed. I want them sealed. Um, I'm just debating if I'm going to get one graded or if I'm going to do it myself. Um, but man, these games, guys, I can't speak highly enough about these games. Okay, here we go. Let's get into the web link here. Ranking every game included in Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection. Here we go. 
Capcom recently announced the Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection during June uh, 2022 Nintendo Direct. Contains 10 games from the iconic Game Boy Advance series with Battle Network 3 onwards, having two versions similar to the Pokemon franchise. Nice. Each game follows a young boy. If this is on Switch, I'm getting it. Uh, each game follows a young boy named Lan and his partner Mega Man. The stories you'll catch on to. I'm not going to read this whole thing to you, but um, guys, if you're looking for a game, a fun game to play on your own and play with others. Dude, it was so competitive. Oh, my gosh. I remember playing this game in middle school with my friends. Great. Okay. Number six. This is the, this is the number six spot. I guess they start with number six, and it's going to be Mega Man Battle Network 4, Red Sun, and Blue Moon. I had Blue Moon. Loved it. Um, I'm kind of scratching my head on why they ranked it at number six which is the last spot, apparently. But we'll, we'll let it play out. The fourth entry in the series is widely considered as a black sheep. Uh, that's due to its lack of compelling story and narrative structure built around three main tournaments. The plot revolves around an asteroid hitting, heading towards the Earth, and it's up to Lan and Mega Man to stop it by proving themselves in tournaments. Apparently, it's not like they've already saved the world three times up to this point. Okay, so a poor story. But I can tell you, this game was sick. Sick. And... I love that they have different versions because they were a little bit different. So cool. Like, I think in Red Sun, you fought a sun boss, and then in Blue Moon, you fought a moon boss. Little, you know, it's, just, it's like Pokemon, but, but Mega Man. Really cool. Number five, Mega Man Battle Networks. This is just the OG right here. This is the game that started it all. Mega Man Battle Network follows Lan and Mega Man as they get wrapped up in solving crimes happening around town. As they discover the common thread linking all these crimes, they end up facing a terrorist group called WWW. So here's the OG game. It's ranked at number five. I've never played the OG game. I only played Battleman 2 or Mega Man Battle Network 3, Mega Man Battle Network 4. I started with Battle Network 3. I think I bought it used. And I was hooked after that. And then I waited for Mega Man 4 to come out. Like, and I bought it sealed. Mega Man Battle Network 5. Team Proto Man and Team Colonel. Okay. See, this is, and this is one I haven't played. And if I did, I never finished it. This one is, this one is the most unique and de divisive entry in the franchise. Lan and Mega Man face off against the crime syndicate Nebula as they seek to sow chaos throughout both the real world and the cyber world through the use of dark battle chips, programs that can corrupt net navvies. Okay. Number three, Mega Man Battle Network 6, Cyber Beast Gregor and Cyber Beast Falzar. Again, I don't know anything about this, but look at, look at, I love how they did this. Like, look at the marketing. You got Team Proto Man, you got Team Colonel, right? You got Red, you got Blue. Okay, and then look at this game. You got Gregor and you got Falzar. So two different versions. It was just really fun. Like, if you had a friend to play with, you're like, I'm getting this one, you get that one. It was just a, this the coolest concept. I think it's the coolest concept in games is to make two different variants or three so that when friends play, they can pick the stuff they like. And it's just it creates a different experience because you got this. I got that. Let's see who's better. Right. It's not everyone gets the same thing. It's really cool. This is the final entry to the series. OK. Um, and the WWW has seemingly been brought back and they want to control these giant digital creatures called Psybeast for their own nefarious means. OK. Yeah, I, don't, I never played that one. Number two, Mega Man Battle Network 2. This is, not a, this is a game I haven't played. 
Uh, this takes place a few months after the first one and follows Mega Man and Lan as they take down a new evil organization called Gospel, which intends to destroy society by recreating a super navy. Okay. Cool. Haven't played it. What's number one? Oh, wait a minute. This was cool. So this was the first... Battle Network 2 was the first game where they introduced the different elements. So where Mega Man could transform into like different types, right? He could do... um wood shield or heat custom or I think aqua custom and basically he would turn like water uh, grass or fire or like electric or shadow um, and it was based on your play style I believe the way you played is how he turned in so everyone got different outcomes at least I know that's how it was for battle network three and battle network four it was like based on how you played is what your guy evolved into which was really cool because I used to always end up um, with like aqua or I would end up with uh, the electricity, right? Uh, um, I forgot. Um, I forgot what it's called. It's not electric shield, but it was, it was something to that effect where you were an electric type, or I was aqua. Um, I never got wood, and I never got heat. But when I played my friend, he always had heat guts. I'm like, how do you get that? You know what I mean? So it's just fun to play. Mega Man Battle Network Three is the number one. Mega Man game for the Battle Network uh, series. And you got blue version and white version. This was, this was my favorite. Um, I had the blue version back in the day. Uh, the best game Mega Man Battle Network series is the third installment. Uh, the WWW makes its return and wants to resurrect the evil prototype internet uh, pre- prototype of the internet. It's up to land and Mega Man to stop the organization. Yeah, this was, man, that was the jam. Um, and then they have, you know, a little deal here or I'm not going to read all that um, but guys I can't I can't stress it enough it's great if you've never experienced it right like I know uh, Fluky played it a lot I play a lot I want to say Alpha played a lot um, if you've never played it consider getting a Game Boy Advance and a used copy or if it's on Switch get it I'm telling you it's it's one of those games you can play by yourself it's one of those games you can play with friends It's a it's just like Pokemon where it's like you can always play it. It's always going to be fun. And then they have like secret bosses. They got secret bosses hidden throughout the game that aren't meant to be a part of the story. Like if you run into them too early, you will get waxed. Um, just really cool stuff. And top, top Game Boy Advance game for me. All right. That covers the gaming corner this week. Moving on to Gengar's Grabs. Here we go. All right, last segment of the night, Gengar's Grabs. This is our segment all about you guys. Um, if you want to be a part of our Discord, all you got to do is click the links in any of our videos, join the Discord, and share your weekly pickups. Uh, and then I rank them here, number one through five. All right, here we go. Number five this week. This is a tough week. There was a lot of good stuff in here. A lot of good stuff. Number five, though. Going with Paperclip, a.k.a. Jake. So this is a, a piece of pants. Um from Austin Powers. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, just a unique piece. Funny that Upper Deck would grab a piece of the pants from the movie. 1997 pants. A piece of Hollywood. That's that's cool. You know, like, just cool stuff. You just don't see it. Nobody's collecting it, but, like, I think it's unique, right? Like, if I see that in someone's collection, I'm like, you gotta tell me about that. What the heck is that? You know what I mean? So, uh, that's a really cool thing to have. Awesome. Especially because we talk about memorabilia. 
today, you know, all this stuff. It just, he was the one who asked the question. It was kind of funny. Okay. Number four. Going with CT. This is a PSA 9 of a Yu-Gi-Oh! Jump promo. The cool thing about this was uh, he, he actually wanted this card as a kid or remembered having it uh, as a kid. So part of his plan uh, for his collecting goals this year is he buys one to two slabs every month. February's plan for the month was to buy this jump promo that he had as a kid. So big, got the MLC pose. Can't lose there. Number three, going to Big Tony. Big Tony shows up with a hell of a PSA return. Uh, I think there was like more than half of his return was PSA 10s, uh, which is great. Really good stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean, look at that. You got the rarities there. You got secret rares. You got alt arts. You got some vintage. Amazing. Amazing spread there. Number two this week. Wiener Schnitzel. Now, he covered up the grade and said, guess the grade, but I guess, <laughs> this is the funniest thing. I guess uh, our, our Discord member, Chris, was able to identify the grade without ever knowing the grade. Uh, and Wiener got a PSA 8 on the Black War Greymon, which is pretty high grade for Digibattle. All right, number one. The undisputed champ this week, which is out of control. This dude had a hell of a week. Going with ATM, all the way from Canada. Uh, Mitch got the PSA 10 God Rare of Bardock, which his prices are actually down quite a bit, so it was a great time to buy. Uh, PSA 10 Bardock, God Rare, and then he got the Adidas Promo X Yu-Gi-Oh! Dark Magician. Solid. He said that he ended up buying like a size 5 and a kid's and actually ended up being cheaper than the price of the raw card, so it was like, that might be a strat, guys. Like, go find the smallest pair possible. You might be able to get the card and the shoes for cheaper than if you were just to buy the card by itself. Pretty sweet. Um, yeah, nobody's beating that this week. That's just, I don't care. God rare. And then you have an Adidas limited promo. No way. No way. That was just, uh, he just dropped a nuke on the Discord this week and he, he wins Gengar's grabs. It was easy decision on that, on number one this week. Uh, congrats. That's, those are really solid cards. He's got the bat, the, the, the background there, look at the, the vintage Yu-Gi-Oh in the background. He's got some Dragon Ball in the background. Solid. Solid. He's got the MLC. You always get brownie points for the MLC. There it is. That is our top five this week for Gengar's Grabs. Thank you guys for sending those in. And that is also the end of episode 125. If you guys liked the video, please like, share, and subscribe. It was a little bit shorter episode this week. Less than an hour. I did my job, right? Um, but yeah, if you, if you like the video, please like, share, subscribe, join our discord because it's free. Support the cod podcast, support the cod <laughs> call of duty, support the podcast by clicking uh, the link below that says support this podcast. When you do that, you can donate as little as 99 cents per month. Helps keep the lights on around here. That is all I have for you guys for episode 125. I will see you next week for episode 126. I'll be battling you guys in Greasy's gaming corner. We're going to be playing Pokemon Scarlet Violet. It's getting competitive now. Um, maybe we'll start doing Mega Man. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I'll see you guys next week. Peace.